Hey, what's up, Black Knight Nation? I'm Sal Internal, your host for a recap of the Army's 37-29 win over UTSA on Friday night. Big win for Army. Um, first of all, it's a black, first off, the Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross. Joe Ross is a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, guest on this podcast. And we have back the return of Kel Walker. Kel, it's been a while. But we love getting you on here, breaking down games, and we appreciate you joining us tonight. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, Sal. I really do. No doubt, no doubt. Well, that game last night, I'm telling you, I I had to catch up on it a little bit. I was a little under the weather yesterday. I had to catch up on it, but what a win for Army, you know, going into UTSA. um, You know, a team that is definitely on the rise in college football, a team that plays well at home, a team that didn't have their star quarterback, Frank Harris, but regardless, they have a ton of athletes on the field. And um, Army came away, got up early, stayed up by two touchdowns for a while. UTSA tries to fight back, but Army makes enough plays to win this game. What were your um, first thoughts about this win and maybe how big it was for the program? Because you've been involved in a couple big wins in the program. So how right. big do you think this one was? First, I'm going to say, I mean, we played UTSA a couple times throughout my time at West Point and being, a, um, being on the team. UTSA always been a pretty good competitor for us, but, you know, ultimately the, the better team wins. Um, going into the game, I kind of I kind of figured Army was going to battle or have a hard time a little bit with um, some of the gen- jitters they had in the first game, open up the offense, see if they could get the ball to the athletes. Um, and I kind of thought the, the defense was going to struggle a little bit because UTSA has a mobile quarterback, but he was out. They always had a mobile quarterback. They had a phenomenal uh, running back. The old line didn't look as solid as they they did years before. But you know, I thought Army was gonna have a a, a tough one, but I ultimately thought they were gonna come out on top like they did. But they did exactly what I expected them to do. They opened up the offense. The offensive yeah. coordinator with with Drinkle and Coach Monkey combined, they got the ball into the athletes' hands, and Bryson Daly looked looked like a stud yesterday. So they looked good. He played in his – Bryson was playing in his home state. And, I mean, he at first in that first drive, maybe the passes weren't exactly on target or anything. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Kel, when you watch him play, right, and you watch how tough he is, and he – with all due respect to past Army quarterbacks, he's a little bit different. He's a little bit thicker. He's a little bit bigger than other the Army quarterbacks of the past. He's going to take the ball up the middle. He's going to deliver the hit. I'm telling you, how many tackles did he break in this game? I lost track. I lost track of how many tackles he broke in this game. Yeah. Second, third, fourth efforts, picking up the you know what? I think a lot of his runs might not have gotten the first down, but they got Army to like a third and two. They got yeah. Army to a manageable, you know, conversion um play. So I mean yeah. can't say really enough. That first game, maybe there were some jitters there for his first start, maybe. Mm-hmm. Second game against Delaware State, you get your feet down, you make some big plays in the passing game. Mm-hmm. This game, I mean, what what an effort running the football. You know, I I, I wrote this. I'm gonna um, post a quick thoughts um story. Real um probably within the next hour or so. The way he operated this offense was impressive, dude. You've well, been in games where you ran ran 80 plus plays, right? Right. Zero penalties, zero turnovers. They they threw the ball 18 times, no sacks. Right. Does it get any cleaner, Kel? I don't know. I mean, for Bryson Daly, like it's always it's always nerve wracking when you had to command anything, right? 
he commanded an offense where he some guys played with different quarterbacks in the past, like TT and uh, Jabari Laws and other quarterbacks that came before Bryson Daly. But like, I understand why he was nervous at first, especially in the first game. And I think this game, he actually found like his position in the offense, which is to command the offense. I think he got confident. I think he got confident as the game went on, as the season gone. He's you're gonna see him two games down the line. He's gonna be way more confident in this game. But I think he ultimately found out who he want to be for this team, and he got something to prove. I mean, we have running quarterbacks before in the past who could really run the ball, and they can throw the ball like Kelvin Hopkins, right? Yeah. And Bryson Daly, I feel like I got something to prove for this team. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna make sure this ball gets to my playmakers, and we are gonna win the game. And that's what he showed, and that's what that's what's most impressive about Bryson Daly thus far. He's able to. Remain poised, remain calm, and get the job done. Now he got a little swagger to him, too. That's what I like about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Kelvin, right? I know Kelvin's one of your good buds. Mm-hmm. So Bryson Daly, 100 passing yards, 100 rushing yards in the same game. Mm-hmm. First Army player since Kelvin Hopkins to do it in 2019 against Tulane. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's four seasons ago. You know, that's a while yeah. back. And, yeah. you know, Kelvin was a good um, – back then, you run the triple or the flex bone, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And you're a dual th- dual threat quarterback, right? And that's what kind of Bryson was recruited to do too. Right. You play a that's what Army recruited back in the day. Now they might recruit a little bit more guys who run um, the spread and maybe throw a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Bryson was man. I tell you, the toughness that last touchdown. Now I could be wrong. I think it was on fourth down, his final touchdown. Right. Not only did he convert the fourth down. He gets it into the end zone too, and pretty much it is a game sealer. He picked right. up a first down um and on the last possession. That was really tough. Yeah. And like you say, when you can get the ball into your playmaker's hands, um Hayden Reed. Yeah, he's a good <laughs> player. Hayden Reed's a good player. I think he had uh 20 carries, 107 yards. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry, yeah. one touchdown. I mean, he showed up, he showed up yesterday. He showed up in a big way, and he went up and got the ball a lot of the times. I mean, he was running. He was running. He was running yesterday. So. I saw his first carry where he uh, bounced off the line and went to the sidelines, and actually he's looking for contact. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not – like, he's looking to hit somebody, and mm-hmm. a guy actually, like, flips him out of bounds, and he just gets right up and goes right to the huddle for some – for some more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about him at the beginning of the year, right? Uh before the season started. I'm like, this guy could be a I think that he fits what they're trying to do. Maybe you could speak yeah. on this a little bit more uh, from the offensive perspective. When you're running a shotgun offense and you can have a guy as versatile as Reed who can run in in between the tackles, get to the outside, be physical. Mm-hmm. I thought he was him and Markel Johnson were a good fit for this um offense at, at the running backs and I mean, yesterday they certainly proved to be. He had a big. Hayden had a big game. Markel Johnson came up clutch in a couple situations too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to ask you because I know you you were you had this play called a couple times. I believe you were you had that halfback option where you were doing the throwing right in a game or no? Yeah, I did a couple times. I never completed a pass though. I tell you how, that. How how hard is that for for a running back? Is it hard or tough? Can you walk us through a play call like that? I mean. <sighs> First of all, it's nerve wracking because, I mean, as a running back, you naturally want to run a ball, especially if you, you know, quarterbacks are poised. They can sit back in the pocket 
and, and do read progressions and actually wait for a wide receiver to get open for a running back. That's that's out of the norm for you. So I'm pretty sure he wanted to run as soon as he got the ball. But to sit back and wait for his option to open up and throw the ball, I mean, that's extremely hard. When I did it a couple times, I threw it out. I tried to throw it to the receiver. I just couldn't see nobody, you know, or I ran it or whatever because I wasn't as patient. But, I mean, he showed patience, and he trusted the play. He trusted the play that was it was going to work, and it worked. And that play call was perfect. I mean, it was the perfect time to run it. UTSA wasn't expecting it at all. Mm-hmm. And um, Isaiah Austin was wide open. And uh, 55 yards, I believe, was the play. Man, yeah. Not bad when you get complete your first pass of your college career for 55, man. That right. and that was a huge play. I think the next play they threw to Noah Short, a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Kel, Kel, I know maybe we've had this in the past, but two plays, two passes, 80 yards, touchdown. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm not saying we're going to see that every drive from Army, but it's nice to have that in your back pocket. I mean, that's the power of the spread, right? Especially. The way Army's running the spread. I mean, you can run a triple option out of the spread. And I saw that a little bit of that yesterday. But when you going under center and you doing play action under center and trip regular triple option, it's kind of hard to do throwing pass, touchdown, or two plays down the field. You know, all the all the drives we had back in the day was 90-yard drives where we suck and win and we going pound for pound, two yards, two yards at a time. But the spread allows you, your offense, to open up a defense and find his weak, weak spots and weak points in the defense. Like I said, my hat's off to the offensive coordinator, my hat's off to Drinkle, my hat's off to Munkin, because they actually found the weakness of UTSA defense. Yeah. And this is what I like about Army's offense now. I mean, I know you mentioned Hayden Reed, uh, finding contact, making guys miss in the open. I mean, everybody who touched the ball yesterday was doing that. That's the beautiful thing about the spread offense. You have room to actually show your athleticism and showcase your talent. And when you got your coaches who give you the ball, I mean, and your teammates looking at you with the ball, I mean, you're going to make somebody miss. You're going to hide a swagger on the field. You got that confidence. It's something that we haven't seen from Army in a long time. I know they run, ran the spread back in the day before I got there, way before I got there. Yeah. And the triple option, man, is sideline to sideline unless you're a fullback and a quarterback. So, I mean – Army fans are relishing the idea that, or the fact that these guys are actually showcasing their talent. Yeah. That's you, might have, you might have been like me, right? I mean, two weeks ago, the you the Louisiana Monroe game, you're thinking, okay, what what, what what's the future going to hold in this offense? They didn't score a touchdown, right? I mean, they were a little bit vanilla, to be honest, right? They were a little bit too predictable. And then, you know, the Delaware State co- game comes, and it's a – you know, for the most part, it's a, it's a scrimmage to a point, right? A good right. game for you to get your what you want to do down, and and they right. and they did that, and now to see the game evolve into this UTS UTSA game, and with all due respect, Frank Harris did not play, right? The quarterback for UTSA, right. but that that Roadrunner defense was pretty darn good. I mean, they only allowed um, thirty points in their first two games total. And they had a lot of guys – they're going to have guys that play in the NFL on that defense, maybe two or three. And I bet you they want to tap out after the first two drives, you know I mean? Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what difference it would have made if they started quarterback. What's his name, Frank Harris? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what difference it would have made um, if he would have started or played the game. Army played perfect sound football yesterday. 
and that's ultimately what allowed them to win. I mean, they got talent. Don't get me wrong. They have they have the confidence. They got the coaches who believe in them. The coaches believe, but they had zero turnovers, zero mistakes. And whenever you don't turn the ball over, usually in a game, I mean, you're gonna come out as victor, right? You're yeah. gonna come out on top. So I'm not sure what. I mean, I'm not sure what difference would have made if that quarterback would have started because I saw the defense actually attacking the ball, going for the ball. I didn't see guys just trying to make a tackle, get their stats up or whatever. I seen I seen guys knocking balls loose, rock, knocking the ball out of people's hands. Quarterback, the running backs for UTSA made a mistake by holding the ball too high. Yeah, and that's that's a testament to how smart these guys are on defense, and their coaches coaching them the week leading up to UTSA. Hey, go for the ball. We watched this on film all week. And that's what led to our army offense. I mean, army army victory. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Charlo forced uh, a turnover on the second play of the game for UTSA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Recovery and you know, army scores a touchdown right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jimmy Charlo had a nice late in the probably fourth quarter. They threw a, a uh, I guess a seam route to the tight end, trying to get the tight end a uh, deep mm-hmm. pass, and Charlo. I mean, 20 yards deep in this, into the secondary, he's running stride by stride with the tight end, forces yeah. offensive pass interference on the tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many guys in the country that can go and do that, that can go force a fumble in, in the first right. quarter. And then, man, he's having a good year. And you're right, the defense is kind of rallying around each other, right? There are no Andre Carters on this defense. There are no Markel Broughtons on this defense. Nope. They're just 11 guys playing together. Yeah. And – you know, to be honest, they're going to have their times where they, you know, there's some lapses where UTSA had some big plays. Yeah, it's a missed tackle here. It's a, it's a maybe a fit that or a good move by an offensive player, mm-hmm. and um, a good, a good, a good throw, I guess, on the hail mary. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty. It's pr- been pretty solid for their defense, and man, um, their schedule, Kel. You, what, what, what do you think? What do you think about playing the schedule that they're playing this year? You know, back in the day when you were playing, because you know, the yeah. UTSA is pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now Syracuse, Boston. So in the next five weeks, they play three Power Fives. Right. They play at Syracuse, who was winning tonight against Purdue. They're going to be three and zero, I think. Right. Um, Boston College at home. Maybe it's a down year for Boston College. Troy, no slouch as a Group of Five team. Nope. And then. At LSU, right, and you you played in those big games against the big Power Five teams, right? I mean, man, uh, really tough schedule, but this is a good start. This mm-hmm. is a good start. It's a good start. But before I answer that question, I'm, I'm gonna go back to the Army defense. Um, mm, sure, they like you said they don't have a Marco Bar and Andre Carter right now, but they do have a Bo Nicholas Paul. They have a low end. They have a Cam Jones, you know, Jabari Moore, these guys like rally. I think the defense is starting to rally around each other a little bit more. And I think they started playing with swagger because of these guys are actually in the backfield on that defense. I mean, the end of the pick sick that Bo Nicholas Paul had against uh, Louisiana Monroe and dove in the end zone like that swagger. You know, I mean, that 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 fires your defense up. And that honestly put fire to everybody on defense. Okay, he's he's balling. Let me ball, too. And I think they starting to rally around that confidence that these guys are bringing. Um, so I think the defense is just going to get better and better as the season go on and as these guys uh, kind of build with each other. But to answer your question, it's going to be a tough schedule just because they play it back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. I do think Army could be a contender or competitor against these teams. 
Um, maybe maybe I'm biased because you know it's my alma mater and I played there, but I mean, I think I think Monk in any offense that Monk has can go against anybody in a mm-hmm. in the world in the country. I mean, we seen that when we played Oklahoma, and Michigan, and I mean, I'm not gonna count Notre Dame; they kind of wiped the field with us. But those other teams, you know, we saw when we played these guys, those guys, we can compete with anybody. It's just about putting that extra effort to win. When they go on, would they play Syracuse at home or on the road? No, they go to they go to the dome on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so when they play Syracuse, I mean Syracuse is going to be a hard team to beat. Syracuse three about to be three and no, it's going to be a hard team to beat. Um, I think when they play Boston College, the biggest thing that the offense is going to struggle with, what the whole team is going to struggle with, is time of possession of the ball. Yeah, everybody know Jeff Monk and pride and joy is to hold on to the ball longer than the other team has it. I mean, there's other game where we had the ball 45 minutes, and the other team has a total of 15. Yeah, like Boston College can run the ball. Hmm. I mean, yeah. they're a running team, so whoever holds the ball longer in that game, I think is going to come out as victor. And LSU is going to be the test of time. <laughs> I think LSU going to be the test of time. So I mean, LSU not the same as they were when Joe Burrow played there, or you know, Honey Badger played there, but they're still an athletic team. And they're in the SEC, bigger, stronger guys. Yeah. But if we play our game, zero turnovers, zero mistakes like we did against UTSA, I think we got a chance of beating them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, guys, if you're watching right now, you have any questions for Cal or I, please send them in. We'll post them. Uh, we hope to have Steve Anderson on soon and maybe even Seth Mendelson dropping by. Um, yeah, that's. I, I'm really interested in because, you know, We've talked about on this podcast before about what's missing from Jeff Munkin's resume is that win over a, you know, a, a really um, historic power five program. And maybe that's LSU. I mean, that's a month away. That's that's that's, that's some, some time ahead. And maybe if Army can get on a roll here and maybe pull off a win at Syracuse, beat Boston College at home, you know, then you got Troy – Certainly a winnable game at home, but you know, I mean, you know, people were thinking that when they had that stumble at uh, Louisiana Monroe, what's going, what's going to happen in the season? Now they're two and one, and they could be three and zero right now. To be honest they with you, yeah, they should be three and zero right now. And uh, they, should. they should, but man, we talk about this stuff in the army all the time. Like, you know, in the army, we we go in the field environments, we train, and we got BFAs on our rifles shooting blank rounds. And, you know, we are simulating what wartime could be like. I mean, that's different from actually getting shot at, right? I mean, yeah. you put us in war after that. I mean, a lot of people are going to get scared. A lot of people are going to run. But a lot of people are going to respond. It's the same thing with any competition. You know I mean? Sports. You practice for a whole spring. This Army offense practice for the whole spring. Team practice for a whole spring. Matt drills, all that stuff. Fall camp. I mean, they, they feeling good about themselves. And then they go to an actual game on a Saturday. It's different. It's a different feeling. Okay, now we got to execute. Yeah. You know, now we got to execute. Some people's eyes get big and they make mistakes. That's a part of the game. You know, they could be 3-0 right now, but ultimately mistakes hindered our chances to be 3-0. and And I feel like they got it out of their system now, especially against this game against the game against UTSA. Yeah. Yeah. So only really one turnover since in the last two games and uh, the defense is doing its job to force a turnover here and there. And it's, it's, it's working. And now, um, you know, looking at, I want to talk about the offensive line real quick because sometimes those, those guys don't get enough credit Um, coming into the season. They had, I I looked this up. They had eight guys who have started the game on the offensive line coming back this year. 
led by Connor Finucan, who, you know, it, that guy, you can put that guy anywhere on the line and he'll, he, he'll, he'll, he'll produce. He's, he's, he's their best offensive lineman, in my opinion. I don't think it's even a question really. Um, but so they've had some injury, they've had some injuries and they've reshuffled a little bit. They're going on their offensive line against UTSA again with a pretty experienced front back, mm-hmm. a freshman center, a right guard in Lucas Scott making the second start of his career, and a left tackle in David Hoyt making the first start of his career. And then when you hear um, Jeff Trailer, UTSA coach, in his press conference after the game, he's saying that Army's offensive line manhandled them, and they did. I mean, they yeah. owned the game. I mean, to me. Kel, if I'm giving out a game ball, right, or I'm giving out an MVP for this for the UTSA game, right. you can say Bryson Daly, right? You can pick Bryson Daly. Mm-hmm. You can pick Caden Reed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can go on the defensive side and pick Jimmy Charlo. We didn't even talk about Jackson Powell's sack and the final drive yeah. of the UTSA forcing them out where they had a punt. Yeah. I personally, and I'm not usually this guy, going to give it to the offensive line in this game. I wouldn't give the game ball to the offensive line in this game. That's my opinion. I don't know where you would go with that, but I just think that they really uh, they really set the tone for the game, no doubt. No, I would agree with you with that. I would definitely – I mean, you can't move the ball without the offensive line. And like I said before, I tell everybody this, like every year our Army offensive line has a leader on it. And it seems like Finucane is the leader on Army offense this year. Like when you take a charge of the mob, you, it's your job to empower everybody from the left or right of you who's up that – up there on the front to do their job. And it seemed like he's doing a great job leading those guys. I mean, Sam Barzak as well as on the offensive line, he seemed like he's doing a great job influencing the guys to the left and right of him and, and leading up the field. And, yeah, those guys definitely deserve their flowers. I know I know a lot of times when, I, when we were playing back in the day, like, you know, the offensive line really, really held us down. And sometimes they didn't get their flowers, but these guys are making it happen up front. And I want to see what they're going to do against a Troy. I want to see what they're going to do against the LSU defensive line or, you know, uh, Boston College or Syracuse. I think if they continue this momentum up front, the Army has a, a great chance to be successful against these power five teams. Yeah, good point. And, Kel, these guys are bigger now, right? They're all over 300 pounds, basically, yeah. you know. I mean, David Hoyt is 315, I think. Um, Lucas yeah. Scott, 305. Hanukin was 320. He might be a little lighter than that. But yeah. Connor Fanukin's getting some looks like scouts are going to army practices to look at him and Josh Lingenfelter. And those are the two that I know of definitely that scouts are taking a look at. Right. And you have multiple teams already up at West Point giving them a look. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I wonder if I was just going to make say that Bryson Daly, man, either today or tomorrow, maybe he uh, does a little uh, door dash for his offensive line. Maybe, I don't know, get, get Bring some some Chipotle. I don't know what what do offensive linemen eat Kel, these days. I don't know something like that. I don't know, man. If it was a regular college, if it was a regular college, and these kids got nil deals, I say, man, get everybody a moped or something. I don't know. Get a whole offensive line a moped, a four wheeler or something, so they can ride a style of practice because that hill was a killer. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I mean, hey, yeah, maybe he can order some pizza for those guys and just celebrate them. I'm pretty sure the leader that Bryson Daly is and who he's showing as he is. I'm pretty sure they did something for that O-line. And yeah. make no mistake about it, the O-line get down. They like to party. So, And that's every year. That's every Army offense. So I'm pretty sure they already celebrating with each other anyway. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I look at – look. I don't know if you caught it at the end of the game, Coach Munkin. And, you know, um, 
the fire that he has. You you witness the fire that Coach Munkin has and the passion that he has, right? But after that game, pumping the fist, you know, I think he chest bumped an offensive lineman after the game. I know that when he was in the locker room, uh, Army Football's um, X or Twitter account showed um, Chris Frey, I believe it was, just giving Coach Munkin yeah. a huge bear hug. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've been in those locker rooms after big wins, you know, in, in the service academy games, especially uh, what that locker room is like, what the brotherhood is like. And, you know, Coach Munkin may be, you know, he, he coaches with a lot of fire. He could be, you know, tough on players sometimes. I'm guessing when you're coaching with that much passion. Mm. But, you know, you talk to him and he talks about the love that he has for the players, the love that he has for the team. And when you see it in a locker room like that, it's just different to me. You know, it's just different to me. It is different. I would say it is completely different. The fire he has now is completely different from what he had when, when uh, we were going through the academy. Mm. I mean, because our offense was – based off schemes, you know, our offense was based off our scheme is better than your scheme. Our front line is better than your front line, you know, but this offense, I mean, is based off who players are better. Essentially. I mean, if you got a player like Isaiah Austin who can catch the ball and, and score a touchdown, would it take it for 50 or quarterback who can throw the ball well, running back who can actually make people miss an open space. Then as a coach, you're going to trust these guys a lot more because it's not based off schemes. It's based off what can you do on the field to produce. So I think his fire is actually is genuine. I think he actually loving on these guys for who they are and what they bring to the table, not just based off an offensive scheme that they probably cooked up. So yeah, I know he, I know he's excited. Uh, I texted him the other day, told him after the ULM game, and told him just keep his head up and keep going. I mean, hmm. it's the first game in the season, and it showed. I mean, I know he got on him about the mistakes they made in ULM game, and it shows in UTSA. Yeah. And when you a coach and you actually got guys who are willing to listen and and be coachable, I mean, what coach not gonna be fired up after a game after a victory like that, a team victory at like that? That's a good point. That's a great point with the team victory. It, it, they Everything across the board. And you know what? Uh, the ball security, right? He was talking about how, you know, he was pulling guys who didn't have two hands on the ball against Delaware State that weren't running with two hands on the ball. Yeah. And I know I, I've seen practices where if somebody had, a, unfortunately, a fumble during practice, right? You got to you gotta, uh, run up the steps of Mikey Stadium, right? As uh, I've been and that, I don't, Dude, I, I've done that. And I don't know if I want to do that again, you know, too much. So, I mean, that's um, accountability, too. It's accountability, yeah. right? Yeah. A tur- I mean, a turnover has the ability to make or break a game, especially a close game. And especially when you when you pride yourself on time and possession of the ball, right? It has the ability to make or break a game. So, I mean, guys fumbling, it's a part of the game. Don't get me wrong. But if we can mitigate it by any, any means, we are. So, I mean, Munkin just taking taking his chances and and we're well, not taking any chances with fumbling and turning over the ball. I actually never had a problem with that at all. Running up at Mikey Stadium, all that stuff. I I think that's a great coaching point. Hold on to the ball, treat it like your baby. Hold on to your baby. Hold on to it to your loaf of bread. So, I think he's doing a good job in that. And like I said, Delaware Delaware game, the Delaware State game compared to um, the UTSA game. I mean, they had zero turnovers, yeah, zero fumbles, zero yeah. mistakes up front. I mean, that's a testament to Monk and actually getting these guys about holding on to the ball. I know Ajan had a little trouble with that against Delaware State, but 
to see him come back and respond because he took a huge hit as soon as he got pitched the ball. He took a huge hit and uh, lost for six. I don't know a lot of guys would have held on the ball in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been coughed up, and it, it could have been a fumble and went the other way. But obviously, he's coachable. He took what Munkin told him, and he held on to the ball. And that's the only thing you can ask from your players. Yeah, uh, you had some uh, social media correspondence with Ijon, right? Kind of just kind of telling us, you know, just giving them some positive. Absolutely, Ijon yeah. is a phenomenal player. In my in my personal opinion, Ijon is a fun, phenomenal player. I think he has the speed. I think he has the talent. I think he has determination to actually make an impact on his offense. I also been in his shoes before. You know, it's it's something to be said when you in your head too much and you you worry about not making mistakes. Sometimes we make mistakes when we try not to do it. I think once he just continues to start playing freely and start feeling a little bit more confidence from the coaches, the coaches give him a little bit more boost and put the ball in his hands a little bit more. I think he's gonna make a huge impact on his offense. In my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking a little bit about that, you know, with, you know, Ijon, it, it, there's still a lot out there for him this season, Absolutely. right, as far as making Absolutely. plays. Absolutely. Tyrell Robinson, hopefully he gets back on the field soon. Um, those are two guys to even add to this offense. And mm-hmm. when you look at what they have already with Isaiah Austin, um, Reed, Hayden Reed stepping up, um, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more Markel Johnson. Noah Short. You know, a guy who was playing like the Apache, like hybrid position last year, you know, he's now making plays as a wide receiver. That play that he had where he had to adjust to the ball and make a catch in the air. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good play for a guy who played defense last year, you know? Athleticism. I think think Army community – I think the whole Army community is – I think they're shocked. You know, I, mean, I think they're shocked by the athleticism of our, of our football players right now. Mm. The reason why they are because, I mean, like I said, the offense before the triple option under the under the center was all scheme based. It really yeah. wasn't really wasn't based on who's the better running back, who's the better slot back. It was just a scheme based and holding on to the ball. But now you actually get to see the athleticism of these cadets, these these football players. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I was a little shocked when I saw him go up there and get the ball. You know, yeah. but these coaches are giving them the opportunity, the space and opportunity to actually execute properly and show yeah. the world that, hey, it's talent here on the banks of the Hudson. It's talent here, you know. And we're recruiting the scheme that you're now you're you're, you're uh, playing in. Right? right. I think that talent, that bar is going to go up because Absolutely. you're going to get different. You're not you're not necessarily looking for the big bruising fullback anymore, you know, right. or the tall, the guy who can block at wide receiver to the point. You're you're looking for that slot receiver, right? Like the Noah mm-hmm. Shorts. You're looking for that. Um, I don't know what, not scat back, but just a single back that could do a little bit of everything, right? That's mm-hmm. a little bit more versatile and stuff. Right. And I think that, man, I tell you, I didn't say this. I, I didn't say it on this podcast last week. I wanted to add it. So I was on the sidelines pregame for the um, Delaware State game, and you know how the prep school guys line up on the side there before the game. Yeah, I'm standing next to a fullback. Well, I apologize, guys. A running back. There are no fullbacks anymore in this offense, right? right. I'm standing next to a running back from the prep school team. And uh, I'm telling you, the dude is like 6'3". He's about 225 easily. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Will Stallings is his name. He's mm-hmm. a guy who was originally committed to Tennessee and now is at Army Prep. And 
Will, when Will Stallings gets to Army, I'm telling you, watch out <laughs> because this guy's gonna this guy's gonna remind you a little bit of Anthony Atkins, who's mm-hmm. now playing at UCLA, who had um, a touchdown for UCLA today in like ninety something yards in their game. He's gonna remind people of a, like an Anthony Atkins type, and that's the type of like I guess that's what I'm getting to the guys that they can now recruit to this program, and it's gonna man I, maybe. I think the bar is definitely only going to go up from here. I mean, from this season, obviously it's the first year of this shotgun and people are going to say, Oh, it's going to take some tell. It's going to take some games for them to find like this shotgun. Right. Well, right. I guess the UTSA game is proof that they're finding it. Right. They're getting there. They're pretty, they're pretty much right there in game three. Right. And I mean, I think it's on track faster than I thought. And I don't know about what you thought. I mean, for the Army Army fans out there, Army community, we beggars can't be choosers. We can't. I mean, I've been on both sides of, of the fence. I've been in the games playing under the triple option. I've been on the opposite side watching games from the stands as a cadet and as an old grad. And we always we always beg for big big time plays. We beg for athleticism. We beg for we wanted the wows and the oohs and the ahs in Army offense. And now that we got it. Like it might take some while to click, but it seemed like it's clicking already. These guys are executing. It's probably some of the off. This probably the offense some of these guys ran in high school, you know, yeah. which is which is typical around the world. Triple option is starting to become obsolete. So when you talk about guys at prep schools, six two, two hundred twenty five pounds who can actually read blocks and 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 maneuver through a through a defensive uh, d- defensive backs or make it to the next level, like it's only going to bring start them to these guys and it's going to, it's going to give us those oohs and ahs that we need. So, I mean, I'm excited to see somebody run a ball. I mean, when you were describing that guy at uh, prep school, it reminded me of Fred Cooper. Like uh, this, this is stuff that we needed. This is, this is the guy. These are the guys we needed years ago. This is an offense we needed to start running years ago. And the fact that we're running it now is amazing to me. These guys are actually making plays. What do you think Fred Cooper would be like in this offense? He would be, Come on, come on, man! <laughs> nah, he—I I think he'll be a superstar in his offense. Fred was always a zone back, someone who could read blocks, and he had explosiveness to get to that next level. And he was a big guy who could truck people, run them over, or shifty guy who make you miss. Yeah, I think uh, he'll be a super. I think he'll be a superstar in his offense. People forget a little bit about Fred. I think he played his freshman year at Army and then stayed at the academy. And uh, mm-hmm. we have Steve Anderson here in the. Welcome, Steven. Steve, we have Kel, we have Kel Walker back on the Black Eye Nation podcast. Kel, what's up, man? Not much. Kel, living the dream. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Hanging That's in there. That's what's up, man. Yeah, we 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 just been talking about that game, Steve, and a pretty impressive you know effort from Army from start to finish. Um, you know, UTSA battled back a little bit, but Army certainly didn't flinch. Um. Man, we were texting a little bit after that Hail Mary pass <laughs> at halftime. And we were saying, okay, here comes UTSA. UTSA. But, I mean, phenomenal win by uh, the Black Knights. What, what were your thoughts when you were watching that game? Yeah, I mean, it was a complete game. Uh, 60 minutes. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, look, uh you know, my dad used to tell me this when I first started playing college football. He's like, Steve, if you ever get beat, 
just tackle the guy. It's only 15 yards in college. Like, yeah. pass interference is 15 yards. That's all they're going to get. All right? There's, you know, and, uh, guys crossing your face. Um, like, and he's about to beat you because he got the stop. Just knock him down. It's 15 yards. It's, it's better than a touchdown. Right. Um, so that's just been like – that's been ingrained in my head since I first started playing college football was uh, – even high school football, same rules of high school, at least it was back in the – the 2000s so um yeah I, I get it you try to knock the ball down no need to try to get a flag blah blah, blah. but like man that was uh that was crazy but i was just really impressed with what the offense was able to do and how they looked and how they executed and and uh everything to you know a testament to like taking that first game and realizing there's work to be done mm-hmm. and coming out these next two weeks and, you know, almost, you know, not to, you know, I look, everybody's hot on Dion right now, but like taking it personal, right? Like, mm-hmm. like making it, making it mean something more than just it's a sport. It's why I'm at the Academy. Uh, it's what I do for my job here at the Academy, like taking it personal that we underperformed uh, during week one. And now it's time to show everyone else what we've actually been putting the work into since spring ball, since camp, since the beginning, uh, since we started this team getting the plebes, um, mm-hmm. the freshmen in. So that's that's really what I felt this game meant. Now I know they didn't have their starting quarterback. You know you can you can say that meant this, that, and the other. Uh, was it worth eight points? You know maybe. Uh, was it worth 10 points maybe, but bottom line is those guys, you already said it, Sal, they didn't flinch. They, uh, they, they took hits, they gave hits and they played 60 minutes of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a box. Well, I'm not really, I should be more of a boxing fan, but it was like a boxing fight that goes 10, 12 rounds. And every time they need to fight back, they fought back and they got, they made a play. You know, they made a play. I mean, Sal, this was just what you love to see about army 45 minutes of the ball yeah sir baby like that's what i'm talking about sorry like i don't care they scored what i don't even know the what was it 27 points or whatever i don't care they scored that in 15 minutes 37 37 that's right i mean no no no. i'm talking about um utsa oh 29 yeah 29 29. like i don't care that happened in 15 minutes that's that's incredible hold on one second 80, 83 plays. Yeah, it was a uh, really just great. Well, I don't know if you have to step out. Right, if you have to step out, just feel free. If you have to, any, anything else you want to offer before you go about the game, um, please do. And it was great having you on for your your thoughts. I appreciate it. I mean, like I said before, Sal, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm gonna say this to all Army fans right now: we wanted the oohs and ahs years ago when we was running triple option under the center. We got the oohs and ahs now. We got the guys who actually actually can make plays. And it's a testament to the coaches trusting them and their athleticism. These guys are making plays in the open field, making guys miss, embarrassing people, running through them. This is what we want the Army offense to look like. And the fact that they made they had zero turnovers, um, zero fumbles, zero mistakes, especially up front, I mean, that's going to take Army offense to the next level. They're going to be able to compete with schools like Boston College, Syracuse, Troy, and LSU if they continue this momentum and also minimize the mistakes up front as well as everybody on the field. Um, 
I'm excited to see what Army fo- football does this whole season. I'll be tuning in. I'm excited to see the guys uh, compete, execute, and I'm excited to see what Jeff Munkin draw up and the offensive coordinator draw up. Um, I'll probably be at a couple games, try to make the Army Air Force game. I think yeah. Kelvin, Kelvin Hopkins' wedding is that day, so I probably won't be able to make it. But um, I'm excited, man, and I appreciate you having me on here, and I'm, I'm more, than, more than down to get on here again to uh, share my thoughts on Army football. But, uh, yeah, I just can't wait. Go Army. Yeah, open invitation, Kel. We got Steve on the defensive side. We got you on the offensive side, and we got yeah. just got me just setting you guys up and stuff. So that would be great. That'd be great. Great to have you back, man. Thanks, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. Later, Kel. See you. Yeah, great to have Kel back on. That was my special guest tonight, Steve. I like I, I'm like, let me get the offensive side of the ball represented because I I was a little under the weather yesterday. I was just rewatching the game today just to get a little bit of a feel. And, you know, I was listening to it a little bit um, yesterday. And that first drive, man, oh, my my goodness. My goodness, man. You get a start like that on the road and do that. And then just the way they finish that drive. And it's like, okay, they came ready to play. And, man, that was – We finally saw um, the confidence in the play calling – uh, and the confidence in the quarterback to complete those plays, uh, in the offensive guys, just, I, you know, it takes time. It takes time to, to yeah. new offense going and it was clicking. It was good. And I feel like, you know, that this is what we can look forward to the rest of the season. It's, I mean, we, we coach Munkin said murderous throw schedule, right? He said, this, this kind of starts it. You know, you don't really get them. <laughs> There's no you get a bye week after Syracuse before Boston College. So if they can, Syracuse is probably three zero after tonight. If they can go up to Syracuse and be competitive in the game, and and it comes down to the fourth quarter, and or maybe it doesn't. Maybe they have they have the start that they do at UTSA, but they know they can play with teams now. I guess with this offense and the defense, keep the defense fresh, right, Steve? You can appreciate that keeping the defense fresh, and. Nate Woody's been shuffling guys in and out and getting a lot of people playing time, um, whether guys have been banged up or just rotating guys in. And, I mean, guys like um, you know Jackson Powell coming up big la- yesterday with the sack. He, he started the last two games. Eric Ford made a nice tackle where he snuffed out like a, a pass in, uh, in the flat for no gain. I mean, there's multiple guys making plays. And, um, man, I tell you, after you know watching that game last night, I mean now certainly changed from the game. We t- we we were a little too hard. I Steve, I was a little. I'm going to admit on this podcast, I was a little bit too hard on the team after the opener. I was a little bit too hard I, on Bryce Daly. No, I absolutely, we were all too hard, and I think that's uh, back to Brandon's point after the first game. Um, you know, it takes about four weeks to know what you got this year because you'll have that survey size of by then all the teams have shown who they are. So after the first four weeks, you've played teams that everybody thought were good, not good teams that, you know, you, you knew weren't good and you beat them. You're supposed to, or teams that were good that you didn't know and you beat them or you lost to them. So, um, you know, you know, we'll we'll see next next week with uh, Syracuse. I think Syracuse is a a real good team, real good defense. Um, 
and I think it's it'll kind of be telling about our season, you know, how well we play that game, um, and, you know, going forward. So I, I, I absolutely, I'll admit, super hard. Um, but at the same time, it's that same pressure that the team felt after that game that they knew they could have played better. Um, and, you know, not to say that it was, it was us that did it, but nah. I'm just saying they felt the, you know, that they knew they could have played better against ULM or they knew they could have played better um, or practiced better or whatever. And now that, uh, you know, we're sitting here two and one, uh, feeling good. And uh, it's back to the drawing board, you know, feel good tonight, 24 hours. And then uh, let's get back to work and, and start getting after Syracuse. Yeah, they had an extra day. They have an extra day to prepare now with that Friday game. They got in probably late last night. Um, they have today to, like, I guess just kind of – but then they'll get back at it Sunday, and that's going to help a little bit. Syracuse is up by 15 right now against Purdue in, late in the fourth quarter, likely to go to 3-0. And, um, you know, I, I was I was just thinking about how it, just with the, with the team and the way they, re, they responded, um, Hayden Reed and Bryson Daly, both in the press conferences last night, said something about the naysayers after the, game, the first game. And Bryson Daly said, hey, they were warned after the first game. But Hayden Reed, uh, I think Seth, Seth asked a question to Hayden Reed about the momentum from last week and how they were able to carry it into this week. And now let's see if they can carry the, the UTSA's games momentum in the Syracuse in the Dome. Now that environment, they were making it like a big deal about the environment in the Alamo Dome. Where I don't even know what the attendance was, Steve, but I'm telling you, the, the environment in the in the former Carrier Dome at Syracuse is going to be a little bit amped up than the Alamo Dome. So at least they got a little bit of a taste of that um, on last night. But that's going to be a, a different environment to play in, and. You know, place. I don't think Army's played there since '96, the the '96 team and Donovan McNabb. I'm pretty sure this is the first game at Syracuse since then. So, um, man, I'd love to get some uh, players from that '96 team on maybe this week. See, I'm not, see what we can do. But um, yeah, it's gonna be a, a challenge, a bigger challenge than UTSA, no doubt. I mean, you're taking that next step. With all due respect, UTSA is a good Group of Five team. Maybe possibly top five group of five team, but this Syracuse is another level. So I don't know. I don't know. You, you played in the, you played in the games against the power fives, but that's, that's, that's probably something that motivates a player, right? When you get to play in that, those games like that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I think it'll be a really good experience, uh, but I don't think there'll be any lack of confidence or um, anything going into the game. I think they're excited for this opportunity and they're, they're, they're going to try to seize it as much as possible. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely bitter. I mean, the guys are bigger. Um, just, it, it is a little different uh, playing against those teams and you don't realize it, you know, cause you just see, you know, stats on a paper of the size here, size there. But um, I just always remember, the biggest difference wasn't the skill players; it was the size of the offensive line. Hmm. Uh, was always what I was always what I remember when I went up against like, you know, Notre Dame and and, and the teams like that. Like I just remember being like, man, all these guys are giants. Um, so, but like it didn't affect the way I played. I just remember thinking that, like, going there, like, man, these guys are uh, they're all like 
six three six five uh giants so uh but yeah yeah because um on defense real quick um that the defensive line for army they're shuffling guys right they're playing about six to nine guys a game pending and they're a little lighter i mean well like a guy like kyle Lewis is 275 playing nose tackle but he's yeah. quick enough and making play he's making some plays in there kyle lewis you know well, i'm sure uh i'm sure it was plenty humid down in the alamo dome uh when we went down there too i'm sure it was uh a little more human than it is in uh west point new york so yeah um it's good to have that it's good to get as many different players and as many reps especially at the defensive line uh early in the season and have success um plus i mean it, it it's a completely different um you know it, you have to attack it differently when you have the 295, 300 pound nose tackle who's going to hit you in your skull every time versus the 265, 270 pound um, nose tackle that's going to swim you or, you know, use mm-hmm. your hands better. So it, 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 you know, guys think that it's not, um, you know, it's a disadvantage being that size. But when you have multiple guys that are hitting the center differently, there's no real, you know, it's like there's no real rhythm of I'm blocking the same guy over and over. I'm blocking the same type of guy over and over, right? So there's yeah. none. Oh, here's a 300-pound nose tackle. He's just going to lean on me, try to hold the guard, and I just got to stick with him for three or four seconds. Um, you know, no, he's doing that. Uh, then he's doing, you know, then we've got a quick 275-pounder with quick hands coming in there, you know, swim moves. Uh, I saw a nice rip, uh, a nice rip, but, you know, jacked him up. Uh, and then ripped through him and made a nice play, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage. So um, I think that's the – on top of, you know, having guys being able to, you know, stay fresh as much as possible, um, that's the hardest thing. The center can't – and the lineman can't get in a rhythm with the type of style that they're blocking, um, which is a big help to um, – it's important those linebackers understand who's in the game. Uh, yeah. you know, and I, and I knew that too. Like I knew, uh, when specific linemen were in front of me in the game, defensive linemen were in front of me because I knew there was a different style between each of them. And you have to know that as a linebacker, cause you're going to know where the fits are different, um, and how they're going to be able to, to play it. So, um, I didn't really pay attention that much to, to how our linebackers fit when the defensive linemen were in there. But I bet if you go in there and you look, um, you'll see how the fits were just slightly different. Yeah, and Kyle Lewis has been a great – I mean, for a first-year starter, he's had a great start to the year. Uh, just b- before we go off here, I just want to give Quinn Moretzky a shout. He hit three field goals. He went three for three in field goals, a 45-yarder career long. So I have to do research, you know, because that's just part of me. It's in my DNA. And so the last Army kicker to make three field goals in a game was 2000. 18 i believe or 19 john abercrombie and he's a guy who they took off the um the sprint football team and he kicked for them so he had three field goals in the game i think against one of the mac teams eastern michigan i think i could be wrong one miami of ohio one of those games um so quinn moretzky three field goals steve i gotta ask you real quick about this man cole tally who does kickoffs for army right so he's I got to check Elias with this. For the second straight game, he had a kickoff go up off the upright of, of the goalpost for the second straight game. I mean, 
16 out of 19 kickoffs he's had go for touchbacks this year so far. I mean, that's pretty uh that's that's pretty impressive. I don't know if I've ever seen that two straight games uh kick kickoffs off uprights either. So well, um it's such an advantage when um you know unless you you got a penalty and you can really like kick it high and pin them deep in their zone. Uh, but with the rules changes, with a fair catch, you know, putting you where they need to put you, it's just such an advantage. You know, you're taking, you know, essentially, you know, if you think about it, you're 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 taking, you know, if you break it down, offense, defense, special teams, you know, but within those special teams, there's two different special teams that can hurt you uh, significantly uh, with returns. So you're taking that half or that quarter out of the special teams that you don't have to worry about, um, you know, someone returning a kick on you and, and not just that, but the momentum shift when your defense is in a groove or your offense is in a groove. Um, I, I firmly, to this day, I still believe um, special teams are the biggest momentum shifters in the game uh, because the people that play, the majority of snaps back to back to back are not on the field and it just can suck the wind. It can just knock, you know, it's like getting punched in the gut and you're powerless because, you know, you feel like if it was a defense or the offense was out there, that wouldn't have happened. So I, that's why I feel like it's such a momentum shift because the guys that are playing, you know, consecutively back to back are, are off the field during that. So it, it, it's something that, we don't have to worry about. I hope he st- keeps. I hope he tries to drive it through the uprights or hit an upright every single time because uh, I know, as a defensive player, and I know as a guy that played special teams my entire, I played kickoff my entire career. Anytime I saw him a, a touchback, I was like, oh, thank God, I can, I can relax and I can just go play defense. Absolutely. It's good to see. Now he was the the coaches picked him as a player of the of the week for special teams against. Uh, Delaware State. We'll see um, if uh, Coach Munkin releases those. <laughs> he had a lot of kickoffs against Delaware State, so that makes sense. He did. He did, with all due respect. And he had a decent amount of kickoffs, too, against UTSA. Great. Army scored. I didn't say this. Army scored on – real quick, didn't mention this. Um, first six offensive drives, they scored either three touchdowns, three field goals. Steve, six for six on fourth down. Yep. I mean, I didn't mention – we. Didn't, I didn't touch on this. Six for six on fourth down. I mean – when they didn't even go for a fourth down in the first week of the season, um, Delaware state with all due respect, this is when the game counts really counts against UTSA. They made some big plays. Coach Munkin, maybe, you know, rolled the dice a little bit on a four, a few fourth downs. I think one was in their territory. One was at the end of the game where they could have kicked the field goal, but instead they went for the touchdown. I think Bryson Daly converted and scored. So um, really, really, really good stuff. Um, we are seeing from the Delaware State game and now this game that, uh, you know, the trust is there both ways now, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, coaches are going to are calling the plays, and the the offense is executing the plays. Um, you know, I don't know what it says about the defense. You know, the offense. You know, the defense faced 15 minutes of offensive plays. And they let up 29 points. I don't know how much to take away from that. Um, if, if it's a concern or if it's just kind of, you know, the way it goes, you know, one was a halftime, you know, seven points off the halftime bomb. 
Um, you know, and then right after halftime, there was another bomb that went back to back. So yeah, they have big plays. You know, three big plays. Yeah, we're like that. Uh, but you know, I, I I'm not really, you know, kind of the games just kind of go like that sometimes when it's a shootout and the you know when the when the when the defense isn't on the field a lot, you know, you kind of, you know, you might lose that groove or, or whatever, but um, not, not super concerned. Not, I don't know if I we should be concerned, but I'm not concerned about it. Um, I think it's just kind of a product of the way the game kind of the played out. Um, you know, at least that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. I had another point to make. I, I, now it's escaped me for a second, but I mean, you know, the six for six. Oh, I want to get real quick. I want to get your take on Bryson Daly's game before we get off. Um, how you think he played and just get your perspective on Bryson's game. No, I, I mean, you know, you can look at the stat line or whatever. I, I you know, I think he played very well. Um, you obviously, you know, put the ball where it needed to be, made a lot of good throws, man. I thought the one throw where he was rolling right through back left was going to be, was going to be bad news bears, but squeeze it in there to, to, to Isaiah and, um, you know, converted. Uh, I think he played great. I think he played fearless. I think he played relaxed. I think he commanded the offense very well. Um, I, I think that's what everybody expected at the beginning of the year out of a, you know, never started before quarterback. And I think now um, we're seeing how he's kind of commanded that offense and has got a couple of games under his belt. And he's, um, you know, I'm really excited from here on out. So again, Bryson, sorry, I was so hard on you after the first game. Uh, I, I, it was just more of a, like, it wasn't you specifically, but you know, that's, that, that's why, that's why you're the quarterback, man. You, you, that's why you make the big bucks. Yeah. Just um, the one play he had where he was being rushed by a guy from the edge and he kind of sidearmed the ball to Noah short, like, I don't even know. He it just a just a great play, and I think it moved the chains. I'm pretty sure it moved the chains. I mean, talk about Noah Short emerging a little bit as another receiver to go to. Um, we still have Elijah Marshall that out that's going to make plays for this team. You still have Tyrell Robinson that's going to make plays for this team when he gets back. Man, it's looking pretty good for the Black Knights. Great win for them against UTSA. Um, now they go to Syracuse, the Dome, and see if they can make it three in a row against a very good Syracuse team. Um, thinking about taking the trip up there. Haven't gotten approved yet from higher powers. Uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, there. But we really, I won't mention who the higher powers are. But we really want to. We, we're probably going to get up there for that game. It's gonna should be a good, great game. Um, just real quick, want to plug our stuff on um, the website and our YouTube channel, guys. If you're watching this, please subscribe. Please give us a thumbs up. Um, if you're re-watching this, give it, send your comments in. I do read your comments. I will respond to your comments. I will give them thumbs up, so I, I will get back to you on that. Check out our website. Seth Mendelson's Game Stories up there. We have photos up there. I wrote a great story. And, Steve, I really want to talk to you about this. Maybe we'll touch on a little, on another podcast. On defensive lineman Cody Winokur. He was um, – he he was set, he he left West Point. He went to serve for a little bit at Fort Drum for a year and came back to the team this year. And against Delaware State, his teammates chose him to carry out the black flag for the game, which is a pretty high honor. And I wrote a story on that. It was very well received. Cody was really great with his time this week with me. About a ten minute interview. You can find the audio interview of that 
on our YouTube channel. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple, all the uh, uh, podcast platforms. If you have 10 minutes, it's worth it. I mean, really great story. And that's what it's kind of all about, Steve, right? He got a second chance and he told me he knew he wanted to be an Army football player. He didn't want to finish his life without being an Army football player and a West Point grad. He worked to get back. And there's a program There's a program that you that West Point offered for him to do that and go back and kind of get on track, I guess, you know, academically and also military. He was going to air assault training. He was doing uh, combat saving training. I probably got the course wrong. Um, you, can, you know better than me. But, man, great story. And that's the kind of stories you're going to get at Black Knight Nation. And we really appreciate all the we, – we've had a, our, our websites up, our traffic's up. We're trying to get to that 1,000 followers on our YouTube with more uh, podcasts like this. We will. Thanks to Kel Walker. And, Steve, thanks to you for coming on. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back uh, soon for the Syracuse week. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Beat them. <laughs>